There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid in free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. Hello, my name is Dave Hannery and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 24 of the No Encore podcast. It's all about music. And this week, more than ever, it's all about music. Craig Fitzpatrick. Hante's Peak, what's up, man? I like it. Yes. Colin Regan. How's it going, bro? You need to start coming up with nicknames. Do I? Yeah, a little or bit. Or showing up for your own podcast. What was that last week? <laughs> yeah. All will be Wouldn't revealed later. <laughs> Colin will uh, hit us with an electric picnic uh, rundown pretty soon so we'll explain his albums from last week one man who was at the picnic and was also on television live television yeah, no and, one, and no one told me that either was also uh, live on the stage with me in the workman's club at about three in the morning doing karaoke the highs and the lows <laughs> <laughs> yes it's uh, it's Michael yeah. Pope from the galaxy everybody hello, hello. how's it going yeah, yeah uh, so we're going to talk about that are we that's I think we should start with that <laughs> yeah well uh, we chose it a little respect well I chose it and uh, we pushed our way to the top of the line because we had preferential treatment from someone in there. We did. And <laughs> soon, as soon as we got up there, it became apparently clear that I'd started in way too high a key and was, had nowhere to go, especially for the chorus. So uh, that's when Dave took over and retook, retook it home. I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I nailed it. I crushed it, lads. <laughs> yeah. Your famous falsetto. Yeah, man. People, people were talking about it. There was some <laughs> photographic evidence. Yeah, saw people that. were li- literally reaching for his balls to find out if he wasn't a boy soprano. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Who knew? I was uh, a former boy soprano, you know. Really? Yeah. Let's, let's hear it. A former <laughs> boy soprano. <laughs> it's a very key distinction. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about that? 
There's not a lot to report, really. When I was a child, I probably could have been like one of those Alan Jones-type figures, but oh, my parents man. loved me, so they didn't push me into it. Grand. And uh, then I took up drinking and smoking, and it all fell apart. I was going to say, the first half was way too wholesome. I like, I like the second part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have been the bad boy of Charles Alan Jones is pretty rock and roll, don't know. Well, he is now. Except for Sundays. <laughs> what's, 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 what, why, he, is he he's still a thing? Is he Doesn't he do songs of praise? I think he's a presenter now on BBC. Do you on watch Sundays. this? Is no, this you I revealing believe. your Sundays? I think that's common knowledge. Well, you get an occasional he's, message from Craig in the past week or two going, Bake Off! That yeah. was weird. Yeah. That was really, got into really, the, really strange. It's an amazing show. The Great British Bake Off. Is this, okay, look, hang on. You're, you're, you've also gotten into some weird detox thing, <laughs> which might be killing you. <laughs> yeah, Kiefer. Yeah, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be good for your gut. But apparently, if your gut's really messed up like mine is, it just your body starts attacking itself, and that's currently happening. And I'm feverish, and um, I shouldn't be doing a podcast. <laughs> and do you, I don't feel great, but it's supposed to pass. It's supposed to be positive. And this is for how long? Uh, you just keep going with it. Okay. I'll get over the hump pretty quickly, I think. And then it's, how long has it I been? don't know. It's been two days. Okay. <laughs> Bake off. What my guru told me anyway. A lot of cooking shows coming. I was I was working on some transcription for Celebrity MasterChef Ireland, and that's all I'm allowed to say about it. But uh, yeah, lots of <laughs> we discussed this at length on there uh, something. No, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, we, no, we discussed. We discussed who, who was on the show and. Do you remember that? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. No. Fire in that st- kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had some uh, interesting quotes. You won't be in there, Mick, but you will be in the Olympia Theatre when yes. the Galaxy make their grand return on October the thirtieth, mm. Halloween. Yeah, I mean, you kind, kind, of. Of, you kind of can't really avoid it cause, because, it is, because now it becomes like a, a month-long festival of people just wearing what any like. I get this year, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of Stranger Things out there, but I, I, I haven't, I, I can't call it just yet. It's going to be a lot of Elevens walking around. I really have got a good, I have a really big feeling about that. But yeah. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah most, of my, most, of my, most of my wardrobe right now is, is like that. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool because we get to go on the night before Halloween and just have like a kind of week. They don't really do Midnight at the Olympia much anymore, if at all, I think. I haven't been to a gig like there in a long time. Yeah. Um, so every time we go in there, we kind of, you know, we lay down, we kind of go in and we kind of like ask, suggest nicely, could we maybe, could you all stay like three or four hours later and maybe just put us on <laughs> later? And uh, it actually worked, it turns out pretty well. So yeah, I can't wait. Sweet. Been a lot, we were. I, I'd known about it for the last couple of weeks, but couldn't say it until after a picnic. You know, late gig should be awesome. I think the last mm. late gig I saw in Olympia was actually the Galaxy. So yeah, yeah. you're bringing it back. Yeah, and we'll uh, all be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love an old late gig. Along with your kefir. <laughs> Bring your kefir. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not dead by then. Kefir. <laughs> Do kefir and, uh, and late dance music. Go hand hand. <laughs> I don't know. That, okay, right. It's a whole new frontier. We'll see. Well, it's this point, Mick, that you didn't choose to announce this gig with a two-hour press conference because that's what happened when Justin Vernon, uh, like he's already announced the Bonnie Vera record. We know it's coming out at the end of this month. We've he, had he's three, played it in full we've live. Had three tracks. Apparently. He's played it in full yeah. live, but he chose to have a weird, intimate press conference with a bunch of journalists uh, that lasted for two hours. And uh, yeah, it was pretty eventful, As despite the fact that I, it all sounds very, very reserved. Uh, he held a press conference in his hometown of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, which is the same place where, as Craig says, he debuted the album's tracks. And he talked about many things, including a misguided solo trip to an island off the coast of Greece that he embarked on last year and how he was inspired by that. He said, don't go to the Greek islands off-season by yourself. Trying to find myself, and I did not. I felt really poor, and I just heard this chorus in my head. Uh, this feeling might be over soon, uh, referring to 22 over soon. So, yeah, uh, Mick, have you ever g- gone and tried to find yourself some exotic locale and it either did or uh, absolutely didn't work? D- uh, you know, I've been to like some nice places in, in in the name of the galaxy, like as in when we were mixing the album, we were in LA, but I think we recorded most of our first album in like a cottage in Car- uh, just past Baileyborough, County Cavan. <laughs> Uh, on season though so things are pretty sweet <laughs> yeah. place was you know. hopping yeah. yeah yeah place was hopping and, uh, stripes were playing it was all happening you know I, I, I think by the sounds of it he may have 
been gone there in kind of a bit of an existential crisis and maybe didn't find what he was quite looking yeah. for. Alone as well, which is yeah, hol- I mean, holidaying I'm, alone I'm is always my, a strange I'm, one. I'm with my three boyfriends, like, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're down there just, just writing and having fun and kind of making and making whatever will come to our come to our senses, you know. There's also a little bit of you know that classic American abroad about the idea that someone sat down last year and said, "Where would be a good <laughs> fruitful place for me to be alone with my thoughts and come up with creative ideas?" Greece, because yeah. nothing big is happening there, is it? <laughs> Greece for Christmas, apparently, but it sounds a bit as well. Yeah, when he says he felt really poor, I think he's being quite literal because <laughs> none of the ATMs yeah. worked. <laughs> Greek islands, it's kind of a Leonard Cohen move, isn't it? That was probably what he was thinking, but yeah, currently probably not the best place to go. And did anybody watch the thing? I, I didn't. Was it on? Was it the press conference? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. It looked very ramshackle and kind of strange. Um, which, you, you know, I mean, his music might be kind of strange, but it's anything about ramshackle. But he did have a bit of a crisis of confidence. He was kind of saying that like he's, he almost jacked this album in at one point, mm. and it kind of took his friends, uh, including one, you know, kind of underground artist by the name of Kanye West, to basically, you know, give him, a, give him an arm around the shoulder like a good football manager would, and gave him a bit of a team talk and said, you know, like, come to Hawaii and hang out. Imagine that. It's grand. Come to Hawaii and hang out, and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll make the album, and we'll, we'll make it work. It's a good friend to have. So he's happy. Um, and it's a good bounce back from Greece. Yeah, very much so. A bit strange to be doing a press conference in these days, isn't it? For a musician, you don't get too many press conferences. No. Yeah. The last one well, remembers... It's, I suppose it means you're showcasing the songs rather than the album. As in, you want, like, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're stripping it back. Um, and I suppose that's, yeah, that is quite a Bon Iver thing to do, yeah. I guess. It also, I suppose, avoids a lot of one-on-one interviews where you can probably end up answering the same questions over and this over again. This is true, yeah. It might be the way to go, actually, yeah. That's and a good point, yeah. Anti-junket, as in, like, you don't have to find yourself because, you know, they're all right there in the room with you. Yeah, yeah. It and does... The, sorry, go sorry. ahead. No, I was going to say the other thing in this particular album is that, you know, everything from, like, the song titles to its actual gestation was sort of, you know, covered in question marks. So it, Yeah, it does seem like he's, you know, he's saying this album's a, a statement when you have a press conference for it and it's kind of, as you say, shrouded in mystery. And I think it's going to be a good one from what we've heard. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, he clarified that some of the song titles, which look fairly unwieldy, are actually uh, 666 Upside Down Arrow, as opposed to something that we previously couldn't really pronounce. And yeah, I mean, like, like it's he's he's an interesting figure. He's kind of gregarious in a really kind of reserved way, if that makes sense. Like, that's an upside down lowercase t, by the way. I know. Yeah, it's but not it's, narrow at all. It's not narrow at all. That's why I don't understand this. I mean, like, like it feels like he's screwing with something abstract, guys. <laughs> it's <laughs> just okay. abstract. You just don't. Yeah, you just don't like ambiguity, Dave. I don't. The record, I'll, I'll uh, tell you one thing for free, though. Like, he ain't gonna get his fans shouting out for their favorites <laughs> at concerts. Are you? Six, 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 upside down arrow. That might be a good thing, though. Maybe, maybe that's the move that we need to make. The album comes out in September. The 30th we're very excited about it here and i reckon it'll be good uh someone who was also feeling quite uh, as he says mentally defeated and defenseless is lil wayne now lil wayne's kind of one of those figures where you know i think your first instinct can be to kind of poke fun or not take him too seriously but mm. it would appear that he's having a serious uh you know, kind of spell uh, of kind of you know again crisis of confidence uh, he tweeted out in Block Capital saying, I'm now defenseless and mentally defeated, and I leave gracefully and thankful. You know, I love my fans, but I'm done. Uh, a lot of people instantly took that quite literally and were very, very worried. Um, he said a lot of people reaching out to him from Missy Elliott and Chance the Rapper and others. And we don't know for sure if it means that he's retiring from music or that he's, you know, just not feeling it. Uh, I believe today there was reports that his home was swatted. Do you know what swatted means, guys? When a SWAT team turns up. Exactly. Okay. Get that. Yeah. Under a false. Having done an interview with Nick Oliveri from oh. Queens of the Stone Age, who had a shotgun <laughs> against a SWAT team in a standoff for 24 hours, 
Uh, I know all about it. <laughs> that was quite an intense situation. On what grounds was the... Um, his girlfriend at the time rang up saying that she was scared. But he maintains that everything was fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he, he just got a bit confused to what was going on and didn't realise it was, you know, it wasn't a great idea to wander around with a gun when a SWAT team are telling you to open your door. Should be said, similarly confused, it seems, as Flying Lotus. <laughs> yes. Who chipped in with uh, the choice advice for Lil Wayne in this particular instance. Uh, grab your favourite ladies and take them with you on a jet somewhere awesome. Get ahead by a waterfall record new song about it see there you go uh make as a pop star who never stops never stopping n- never stopping <laughs> yeah thank you um <laughs> is that good advice from flying lotus i mean i presume you've found yourself uh, um, in such I, situations uh, by waterfalls well i don't have my own personal twitter um for very good reasons because that that that's maybe the kind of thing that i would say ingest but uh no yeah that's kind of the kind of advice that only certain human beings in this earth could give perhaps maybe <laughs> human beings of certain in a certain financial position <laughs> get ahead by a waterfall okay i actually uh yeah, I do like. I do quite like Flying Lotus. He 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 was on the. Um, he checked his email for two minutes on the Eric Andre show a few weeks ago. That was his performance. <laughs> um, he had two laptops, so he's kind of. I, I kind of love the guy after that. <laughs> I mean, the Lil Wayne thing again. Like I say, I mean, like again, there's something kind of comical about him. Uh, I read an anecdote from a feature, a longer kind of feature on the Roots. Um, the, the interviewer was kind of saying that he interviewed Lil Wayne before, and I uh, said so he asked him if it ever bothered him that people forgot he'd been rapping professionally since he was nine and supporting his family since he was 15 and was cited in the dictionary by the time he was 20. And did it bother him that people seemed to forget that people like him, Sammy Davis Jr. and Michael Jackson had been legitimately earning paychecks since before they had hit puberty, most often as a means of helping their families escape the crush of poverty. And essentially... Lil Wayne was incredibly phased by this. He didn't really expect the question. And after the interview was over, someone in his crew told him that after the interview had left, he was quite disturbed by this question and began asking them, don't people realise I didn't have a childhood? How come they come in here asking me about jail and drugs and not that shit? So is it a situation where, like, you know, Lil Wayne deserves a bit of a break here and, you know, there's a human being underneath all this? Of course, yeah. Um, And he's obviously been having massive problems with his record label for years with cash money. So he's just trying to get his material out, and it's this kind of age-old story of he can't really do much at the moment. Um, the Carter 5, I think it is, has been like five years in the making, or it's made, and he just can't do much with it. So his career's taken a weird turn. I mean, remember he went to that kind of rock direction for a while, and he just wanted to be like a guitar hero? Yeah. And he seemed to like fizzle out slightly from... I mean, years ago, before Kendrick turned up, he was kind of the anointed one for a long time, really, wasn't he? And then he almost became, as Dave says, this figure of fun, so... I don't know, he seems just in a bit bit of limbo at the moment. What, what got him in the dictionary? I'm not entirely sure. It was sure. a purple drink, was it? Was it? That's, that's the kind of thing where... Yeah. I think that's where our slightly kind of cartoonish sense of him comes from, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, where a millie, maybe? Would you have, a millie, would that have gone? That wouldn't yeah. have gone in the dictionary, would it? When was the last time you read a dictionary? <laughs> like, you know... Just crack out a few chapters every night, you know? It's, not, it's an overrated <laughs> book, you know? Training for Scrabble. <laughs> you train for Scrabble? Scra- the Scrabble, yeah. the Scrabble Olympics, yeah, they come up after the Paralympics, it's pretty sweet. Scrabble Olympics. Um, well, yeah, from... we Obviously, we we, uh, we wish him well, and in the, in the world of rapping... If he's listening. In the world of rap and hip-hop, there's always something going on, isn't there, Craig? Hit the music! Attention, everyone! One, one... Shut up! Craig on Kanye... Okay, back by popular demand a week on after we kind of said that there was too much Kanye in the world, didn't we? That was kind of our thing. But no, confirmation today that Kanye and Drake are working together on an album. Kanye told Vogue, we're just working on music. Um, 
working on music together, just having fun going into the studio. We're working on an album, so there's some exciting things coming up soon. And that's it for Craig Hogan. Thanks, Craig. Yeah. I promised to let you have a week off at some point. Cheers. But he won't let you have a week off. No, he won't. He just it's always happening. It. Yeah. Never stops. Know. He never stops. I mean, I don't know. He might be a misunderstood figure. James Vincent McMorrow thinks he is. Spoke to him this week, and that's what he said. What was his what, what was his feelings on it? Basically kind of saying that, you know, like because Kanye is Kanye, and, you know, he's, he's so amplified, a lot of people don't look to him when he actually does make a lot of sense about things, which he often does. Yeah, I think we've made that point before, and it's just he says a lot of other things around it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, he, it's uh, just too to, much. To clarify, uh, James also made the same point. He was like, you know, there's a lot of there's two sides to the coin essentially. Okay. But what a fascinating <laughs> coin it is! How did James <laughs> respond when you told him that you found his album underwhelming and not what you were expecting? <laughs> One for the fans, I believe. As well. Somehow that didn't come up during the interview. <laughs> didn't discuss his music whatsoever. I will say that, like uh, in in my in my questions, at one point I'd written down, "Are you happy, James?" And I didn't actually ask that question because it didn't flow naturally into the... That's an interesting question. I think I wouldn't mind that being bashed out in every interview. Really. Yeah, I should have gone it for it. Maybe it could of, become my signature. Or you might get a kind of a little air response saying like, you know, what? why did you ask me that? Yeah. Know, I'm not comfortable. Why are you asking me about this shit? Break their psyche. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's simple. It's, simple it's, like, it's like if you keep saying it's not your fault to him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get the greatest interview ever. <laughs> over, over the phone where you can hang up. Yeah, it's not your, it's not your fault, man. Um, I, it's always nice though when someone says, you know, that's a really good question, you know? Like, I always appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I actually got it on the same day, not from James Smith tomorrow, but we got on very well. I think we're friends until he finds out that I gave his album six out of ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, I interviewed Ben from Dillinger Escape Plan on the same day, and it was lovely because I'm a huge fan of that band. They're winding down, and I asked him a question. I, I basically said I was like, you know, almost twenty years That's on. Part of the I asked interview. him one question. <laughs> I, at one point, I asked him. I said, I said like, you know, like I, almost twenty years on from the band. You know, like the music industry has changed so much in that time. Obviously, Dillinger operate on very niche terms, but looking back on when you entered it versus when you're kind of leaving it to a degree you know what, what do you think of the state of the industry and he was like it's a really good question and I was like thanks Ben <laughs> it was quite a day fanning question as well. it went on for a little bit, a bit yeah. I tend to though but, <laughs> I, um, I, I got a good question from Mick on stage at the Hot Press chat room uh, which was at least partially just uh kind of in consolation because his bandmates had interrupted me continuously for uh. two minutes as I tried to ask him <laughs> <laughs> Well, Did, what was the question? Yeah, what was the question? It was just about changing your set, whether you're playing daytime or nighttime. Oh, right, and they just wouldn't let you get out. Of, yeah, yeah, just we, would not let me we, get um, out of it. Yeah, we were very excited. We got a bit. We got a bit. Um, uh, yeah, we had to take take a break after that one and just maybe have some have a chicken curry and just relax for like have <laughs> some Red Bulls. That's yeah, what happens when you when, when you're interviewed by Colm Regan. But we'll get there. Yeah, in but our... when you get there, there's like a there's like a fr- like fridge of delicious cold beverages, mm-hmm. you know. And they don't cost six twenty five. They're just there for you. Just there. So it's, it's magic yeah. of hot press. I believe. Yeah, that's what I do miss from the uh, the festivals. I have to say, raiding that fridge, <laughs> the hot press fridge. My, yeah. my, my festival has even, even years after I've left the, the the company, I'm still like, gives one there, would you? Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that when we do our electric picking countdown or countdown. <laughs> it's it's three hundred sixty. It's three hundred sixty five days away. <laughs> we'll get to some new songs, some new music. Somebody cool. pick a number. We're gonna do this random order this week tree okay this is Tokyo Police Club and my house maybe just a little bit is making easy sad it's funny how you can tell any old day now any old day now any old day now the truth is gonna come out That 
That was Tokyo Police Club, a band I'm quite fond of. Am I the only one at the table? Yeah. I would have said you would be, but I really like this song, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Really? I, I know mm. someone who really doesn't like this song. Did I say that? You said to me earlier on. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad Don't I'm glad make me listen that. to Tokyo Please Go Ever, ever again. again. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, probably not a fine song, but I do have very specific tastes, and that is not, that is not one of them. Was there uh, anything that you found particularly abrasive about this? Uh, no, I, well, no, no, abrasive, and it was very relaxing because I nearly fell asleep halfway through it, and it was only two and a half minutes long. <laughs> uh, no, it just kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say, like, my taste is my taste, and, and I'm, I'm open to a lot of stuff. Like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be a fan of, like, see it but at the same time like I do think the hint there oh sorry <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah, but bodes well for the list <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um, but I yeah it just, I just Mick Flannery it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah. so uh, we're talking about Dan Deacon um, yeah no. fine. <laughs> spoiling my random list I'm gonna back Mick up on this one man it's it's like I don't know newfound glory or all American rejects yeah. that's why I thought I'd hate cuts. this and they're kind of like they're like a kind of post-strokes act that also have this weird US, yeah, as you say, kind of newfound glory tendencies. This sounded like Weezer to me or something. I really thought the hook was good. I don't know. It just kind of got stuck in my brain. Tokyo Police Club are one of those bands that I kind of have a soft spot for because a friend of mine made me a bunch of mix CDs back in the kind of early to mid-2000s and this was a band that featured. Uh, I think Nature of the Experiment was the first track I heard and I was hooked. Um, they're Canadian, kind of indie pop band and... I've seen them live a couple of times. Uh, they've never quite done it over the course of an album. They've got a handful of genuinely good pop songs. This is a bit average, and I'm quite surprised because it's a Rostam co-write, apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. It doesn't sound like it, does it? Well, it no. kind of does, but it sounds like a real demo. Like, it sounds like, fair enough, you yeah, can see Vampire Weekend. Yeah, it's very lightweight. I thought it was fun, though. I don't know. Demo was a great it term to use, though, because I thought it sounded spectacularly outdated. Um... Production-wise. Yeah. Yeah, same. And musically, but like also then creatively, I mean, like I say, it is the style of music that I would have expected, you know, kind of back in back in my skate days of the mid <laughs> Yeah, mid- like a very, very specific drum sound, very specific, specific guitar sound and kind of vocal warbles and stuff. Like, it was like, yeah, it's not for me. It's pleasant. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's short. But they, they've done this a lot better. Track so, of the week. <laughs> yeah, so get yourself yeah. out there. It's uh, four all, four. Also, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the band, you'll be delighted to know that this is off the new album, which is called Melancholy and the Infinite, Infinite Radness. Radness. Yes, I did see Part that. Part two. Apparently. They have to get points for that. Ten points for that. Yeah. Uh, five bags of popcorn out of five. I was Reminds me of what was the, that album? Um, you know, what's his name? Uh, East India Youth. Oh yeah, yeah. He had the yeah. album that was also also an awesome poem, which was Total Strife Forever. Yes, yeah. it was Excell- yeah. excellent image. I, I love a good pun-based uh, album uh, title. Yes. So. When I asked Foles about that, they were Yanis was just like, "Why would he do that?" He looked genuinely <laughs> disturbed and annoyed, and, and I was yeah, just like, and "Calm down." Seemed like, it seemed like he has a good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> that was track number four of the uh, bag of tricks, which has already kind of been spoiled. Cullum, pick a number. One. This is Mick Flannery, and he owns you. I don't know why I'm angry. I don't know why they hate me. I don't know why, why we'll win. Just that I have nothing, nothing to believe in, nothing to be dreaming, nothing to decide on. Only that I have nothing that you imagine, nothing to put time in, nothing that I choose from. Just that I That was Mick Flannery. Does he own you? 
Yeah, I really like this. The song is called I Own You, by the way. That was the joke. Just, yeah. That was yeah, the joke. It's the title track of his new album, say, October 14th. And yeah, I, I love this. That sort of Americana just sp- overflowing from it, really. <laughs> um, I know Mick for a little while, you know, being from Cork. Clang. Yeah. Course. <laughs> Here we Cork. Here we go. Whole Cork everybody. thing. But, uh, well, no, but seriously, you know, he's always been like an incredibly quiet guy. Mm. And... and perhaps didn't always you know take his music in the directions that he's wanted at least that's my sort of interpretation of it i know he's a huge tom waits fan and this it's sounds very tom waits, like yeah. he's doing exactly what he wants a bit in the right cave now. maybe in the cave yeah that's yeah. what my, my first thought was i was like someone's been listening to a bit in the cave uh did this shock you in terms of just how kind of you know it's loud you know like, like he's not the loudest so. that's it exactly yeah it, it it really does seem to be a, a massive step forward and like i say title track of the album if this is uh, a taste of what's to come, I'm, I'm yeah, very Yeah, frankly, interested. I didn't know he had it in him. I mean, like, like not that he couldn't mm, do it, yeah. but I didn't think he was interested. Well, his music's in always this. had that kind of simmering anger anyway, hasn't it? Like, he's, it's, he's always threatened to kind of explode, but yeah, certainly on the last album, a lot of kind of ballads and stuff like that. And this suits him down to the ground, I think, this style. Yeah, and there's a sense yeah. of foreboding. Yeah, I think, and I think even mixed ballads kind of did have a bit of a yeah. There, there, there was a, 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 a little bite. I, I choose my I choose my words carefully, but I, there was a bit of a resentment or a bit of uh, kind of anger in there. Yeah. It's good to see him actually find to explore that. I, I, I liked it. I loved the production too, and um, any song really with a uh, lovely modulating synth in the middle of it is okay by me. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's um, nice. Let's say the album comes out and this is the only track on it that sounds like this. Would that be a massive disappointment based on this being the lead single? Missed opportunity certainly when there's you know a lot to explore with this sound I think and this kind of approach. At the same time, would you like an entire album of this? No, let's mix it up. How with that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I'll get on to him and let him know. <laughs> I can take a mix. I also know that I heard him play this song, obviously sounding a lot different and solo, back last November or December or something like that. So and and at that time it was the first thing from the new record. Yeah. So you know I don't think it's going to be that much of an outlier did it have goddamn motherfucker in it then or it did okay cool interesting very interesting yeah. will the next song be as interesting Mick pick a number uh two that was number two was that number two no no that was number one. Oh, sorry <laughs> I've messed up my own list <laughs> stay tuned for more great radio <laughs> just two seconds here as I scrabble out some numbers and I will introduce Sia I can't wait till we get to number one songs of the week <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's the new one from Sia. It's called The Greatest. Uh, Kendrick Lamar appears on some versions of it, it seems. He's on Spotify, not on YouTube. What do we make of the track either way? Weak. Very, very weak. Uh, which is interesting because uh, Sia is capable of writing really good pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote an excellent one for the Neon Demon soundtrack this year called Waving Goodbye. And she's kind of, you know, been very upfront about the fact that she writes a lot of commercial pop. I mean, like, I think she put out some tweets before where she was saying, like, I love getting up early in the morning to write, you know, a nothing song about, you know, you know, like with all this kind of stuff. But like, you know, coming under her own name, you kind of expect a bit better. This is right in line with, uh, as Toby Carr said on the show a couple weeks ago, this is tropical house shit. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's weird because it's, it's you're right. I mean, I I happen to think that chandelier and um, what's it called elastic heart is like the one two is like a one two pop punch. Like uh, seriously, uh, in, in one of my favorites in the last decade. It really, really is. This sounds like she's almost uh, depleted or something. Mm. Um, it's very strange, and it, I I'd like like that stuff. If like even leading on from the tweets that she was putting out, like it it, it sounds tired, and it does sound like as if she's maybe just kind of. I can't see the wood for the trees it's kind of got a tunnel vision around this whole around the enterprise she's built up around herself yeah it sounds kind of very kind of self-referential and like yeah she's kind of run out of ideas and because she's written for so many other people and even when she's not involved in a track that sound has become a thing in pop now it just sounds really tired even when she does it herself and there was just nothing to this to kind of drag you in even the video like I mean yes. it's like <sighs> I mean, we all get have our comfort zones, but like it looks gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's got some gorgeous. It's got an opening and and, a, and, a, and an ending, which are about a minute of just this kind of ambient footage, footage and music and kind of drone. And but uh, it's just Maggie Ziegler running around again in yeah. in, in, in down hallways, which yeah. in itself looks great. But it's you know, are we supposed to expect more than that now? Apparently, it's like a, a reflection and a depiction of support for LGBTQ rights. I don't know for sure. I, I kind doesn't of doesn't come across. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that it, doesn't come across. This comes across more like. I, you know, all of these sort of songs like Katy Perry's Roar or that Brave song by, was it Sarah Burrell or whatever. But they're just, like, they're so empty, right? Empowering, they, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, this is the thing. That's the contrast. They sound as if they're 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 fists in the air, it's kind of like empowering folk, anthems. Yeah. But when you get down to like, I mean, I love Chandelier. I love, love that song. But I think it's it, it might be about just going out in the piss. I do think it might be because you listen to the lyrics they're quite they're like, they, like if, if you were to retrofit them into a different song they might just, they, they could be like you know you know wash my teeth with a bottle of Jack and <laughs> bikinis on top type thing you know yeah whereas kind of on the flip side of that you've got this which is you know very very literal sort of you know you can do anything you mm. want to do but it's all just a bit ham-fisted. Even the video and for... And I don't believe we can do anything we want to do, to <laughs> be honest, lads. this is the thing. I mean, I genuinely do believe I know, that me. somebody who's With 99%, doing... 99%, so you're saying... Somebody yeah. who's doing as much interesting stuff as Sia has done and, you know, continues to do. Like, is there a need to make a record like this? This feels like maybe they had the off-cut of a hook somewhere and mm. said... Fuck it, we can get four minutes out of this. Yeah, it's, it's very, very throwaway. I mean, even yeah. the video, like you know, like, the video for Elastic Heart with Shia LaBeouf is excellent, and then this video just feel, everything feels phoned in about this, including uh, Kendrick Lamar on yeah. again, like he's not on the YouTube yeah, version yeah, of this. And, yeah, he's yeah, on the Spotify yeah. version of this for about ten seconds. And I remember saying before that his his kind of feature on Taylor Swift's Bad Blood was, you know, him just phoning it in. But Christ, I take that back. This yeah. is him WhatsApping it in. <laughs> but this is nothing. Like he's barely like like I was like, there's nothing here. Yeah, he needs to stop being everywhere as well at the moment because he's just yeah. I mean that's it's just hit getting his name on the top more than anything, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I must say, like, was he just walking past a mic or <laughs> <Probably>. something? <laughs> and, and it was just like, you drop some bars, Kendrick, because <laughs> yeah, it just it makes no sense. Yeah, decidedly unmemorable. Uh, I'm going to pick the next track, seeing as the numbers game has gone so spectacularly awry. Can I not? Okay, go on. Five. It's Dan Deacon. Change, change your life. You can do it. So 
that's Double D, Dan Deacon. Nick, I think you're a fan? A very big fan. Yeah, I, I, I had the pleasure of seeing him twice in the space of three or four days. Back in July, I saw him at Benicazim and then I, I came home and I saw him uh, in Galway playing two nights in the Russian Dove. Uh, like, honestly, for seeing Dan Deacon changed me even as a performer the first time. Seeing him in the Lutch Picnic 2007, seeing him in two nights in Andrews Lane in 2008, it just changed my whole perspective on what you can actually do on stage and what you can do with a crowd, how you can interact with a crowd and just what, like, there, have, you, have you, anybody here been to a Dan Deacon gig? No, no and I was supposed to like Galway one. He does that human excellence. tunnel thing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has like everyone at, at some point. Everyone is outside the venue, in forming some sort of. That, I mean, that's that's fine. That is part of tricks, and it's kind of a bit panto, and it's fine. So like a human centipede it's, type. It's, yeah. <laughs> not, not quite. Okay. No, you, you don't. You don't want to see what a, a Galway human centipede looks like. <laughs> I I saw Dan Deacon play. Like I'm gonna say, eight years ago, it was at a venue in Cork, which of bore close resemblance <laughs> Cork. to you know a disco that you go to on a ferry. What was the venue? Uh, I think it was called the Liquid Lounge. Okay. Uh, on Marlborough Street. Uh, I think it had one or two incarnations after that, but I can't remember what they were called. Either way, though, it was, like I say, one of these venues where, you know, you want to throw your hands up in the air like you just mm. don't care, but you're afraid that you'll punch through the drywall. <laughs> um, but he was spectacular then. He, he is, yeah. I mean, he doesn't cha- He doesn't super change. Like, I mean, yeah. if you'd have put this on within 10 seconds, I would have been like, oh, sweet new Dan Deacon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You absolutely would. But at the same time, He's it's it's um it's addictive. I love his music and and yeah. a, a song like Wham City from um from from about eight or nine years ago is one of my favorite songs ever written. So I'm going to be biased here. It's going back to a conversation that we had a little while ago, isn't it? About like you know, should an artist mature or is it fair enough to kind of keep I plugging think he away? Has, with though I mean, like, I, I thought America was a terrific record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gliss Riffer wasn't as good, but it was still very good. And there's always moments where he's finding new things to do as well. I mean, yeah. it's not the you overall. Take, you, you take thing, a song but, like yeah. Snookered, which I think is just a knockout, and it builds and it has an incredible emotional cathartic punch at the end of it. His music is very emotional. I don't it know. Is. What he's, his, his chord changes, and like I, I, you'd notice this. Yeah, it's, it has this punch, this real like. Although it's it's not it's not like uh, mean spirit or it's not it's not kind of like dark and. And aggressive, the actual melodic changes and the progressions are are bizarrely for, for all the time. They're quite uplifting. It's, I think it's, it's life affirming, and the fact, the fact that this track is called "Change Your Life," you can do it is no surprise to me. Come from Dan Deacon because mm-hmm. he seems to have some incredible self belief. And but sorry, I, we should ask for anyone who was listening. Uh, can you explain what the human tunnel is? Uh, Dan will well, he he regularly like um, will stop a show after a song and there'll be no more music for five minutes while he gets um, everyone to okay so first two people come out to the front they stand there they what, what do you call that when you do that with your arms they kind of form a tunnel they hold hands and you and, and then like standing opposite each standing other standing opposite each other they put their hands in the air and they, they clasp hands as if they're going to play mercy and then the two more people go in through that tunnel they form one and then everyone else starts to go through and everybody goes through forms an extra pair of bodies on that tunnel until the point where the last person then has to go through but this tunnel will go say from the Russian Dove it went out the back door down the canal <laughs> around onto Dominic Street or past the strip club past the, 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 uh, the chipper and then back into the venue but at some point you kind of reach the point where if you're in the venue there's not a, no one there Dan Deacon is there playing, <laughs> playing this track by himself and it all comes floating back in but when they come back in they're they're ebullient everyone's screaming just running in roaring dancing it doesn't stop there have been a few times when they've ended up on a motorway though and it hasn't gone so <laughs> yeah. well or yeah at, at, at Andrew's Lane he kind of uh, it, yeah it, it, it kind of petered out halfway through because the cops were like what are you doing <laughs> this, is, this is Thursday night you know and then there was of course that fateful night that he played a cruise and <laughs> didn't think it true like, a, like an, old, an old person's cruise 
People just wandering into the sea. <laughs> to be fair, you know, you respect... He said there was a tunnel. You respect the man's ambition, which seems to be unyielding. He, uh, he uh, I will say, the first night in uh, Galway, he had uh, some technical problems, which is part of the charm when it comes to Dan Deacon shows, but... Uh, he did, he just decided to finish with a whole new world. Play just literally press play and it's on, on, with a whole new world. I, get, I think it's from like the Little Aladdin? Mermaid. Aladdin. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the song from a Little Mermaid then? Under, under the, the sea? sea. It might have been Under the Sea. I can't remember. Big Disney <laughs> fans. <are> fairly big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it might have been a whole new world then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's real yeah. romance ballad. Yes. I can see that it is like a whole new world under the sea, though. In fairness. Yeah. Oh wait, there we go. <laughs> Christ. Okay. What the are attendees you? at that cruise gig now. Um, <laughs> Well, a voice uh, that's just as spirited as Craig's uh, linking skills there and, and pun-worthy escapades is Zach Della Rocca. <laughs> we, we, we've wanted a Rage Against Machine comeback. It looks like we're not getting one because they're off doing Profits of Rage. But Zach Della Rocca has dropped a track out of nowhere, produced with LP. This is Digging for Windows. Get it all night! The future's jammed like a rubber band Off my phone on a hand-to-hand Eat two from the waist, put two in his roof And I can't still live in screams all night These days is all night Not a ride there, portfolios like rodeos Rise every time my cherry glows On the end of my cigarettes, the smoke blows Through the bars and I see your life yeah, there's been rumours about his act of the Rock of Solo record that was apparently made and put in a vault like Prince about 10 years ago. He's done stuff before. He did a track for Fahrenheit 9-11, the Michael Moore documentary called We Want It All, which is fucking brilliant. He did his One Day as a Lion Side project. He popped up on Run the Jewels, uh, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. And yeah, and every single time he's done anything, you're like, this guy still has it. This guy still has it. This guy still has it. I want a record, please. Uh, Trent Reznor has said before that like apparently he, he doesn't want to put out stuff because he feels like it sounds too much like Rage. And Trent Reznor was like, fine, just put it out. It's really good. you got these really good tracks. Fucking put them out there. We don't know for sure if this is going to be the start of something or if we're going to get an album. Who knows? Came out of nowhere. LP's very happy about it. What do you guys think? I've got to jump in there and say I, I'm not sure if I truly felt this guy still has it, this guy still has it, this guy still has it through those releases. I think I always felt this guy would still have it if that Rage reunion happens hmm. or if there's a new Rage record. The thing is, Zach Delaroshka is never going to be the greatest MC in the world. Um, and Don't in, tell him that. <laughs> but, no, but, and, and in much the same way as, you know, we've seen from just about anything Tom Morello has touched, that Rage's music and the style of music that they did is never going to be perfect in and of itself. They were a really good partnership. And I found this song was, like, okay. I mean, it was fine, but without the sort of bombast of the music that we're used to hearing that voice on, I found it just a little bit unfulfilling. Mm, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's that stripped-back, minimalist, kind of brutalist thing as well. It's almost like a kind of Porter's Head machine gun just jabbering away at you. I thought it worked, though. Um, I thought he was on top form. There's some great lines in it, and it's very kind of state-of-the-nation stuff, as you would expect. And he he kind of walks that line so well where he's never really stepping into kind of cliches or coming across cheesy. I thought it did work for me. And I was thinking, you know, would this sound better with a bit of Led Zepp riffage underneath it? And I was like, no, this this actually works for me. Yeah, I'm pretty much with Craig on this one. I expected something a bit bigger, for sure. Especially when I saw it was produced with LP. I was like, okay, this is going to be fucking... It's going to be run... You know, it's going to be Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck Part 2. But it wasn't. Um... Is it a bit by the numbers in terms of what you could possibly get? Maybe, but those numbers to me are infinitely interesting. 
And yeah, I, I as a teaser of what could be something bigger and more, I think it sits just great. I think it's it's great to have him back. Maybe I'm a bit of a fanboy. I do think that those releases that Cullum kind of mentioned there did hit the mark. And it's great to have him back. I don't think we're going to get any Rage Against Machine album for whatever reason. So this is the next best thing. And uh, yeah, I'm good with that. But uh, I saw them at a festival in 2008. It was the first festival I ever went to. As we all know. If you 2008? To- yeah. No, sorry, it wasn't the first festival I ever went to, but it was the first festival I ever went to for like three days and camped at it. I went oh, to like, okay. you know, one okay. day and stuff here and there. So yeah, that was auction in 2008. As we all know, if you listen to the show, I went on a festival hiatus this summer after a couple of festivals that took place this summer. But the biggest festival of the summer, the most talked about, you know, the most kind of televised, all that kind of stuff, was of course, <laughs> from an Irish point of view, oh, was Electric Picnic. I wasn't there. Cullen was there all weekend. Nick was there for a decent chunk of it and took part in quite a lot of it. Craig made some weird detox thing. Yeah, missed out for first time in five years. So let's talk Electric Picnic. Cullen, I feel like you should uh, lead this baton charge. Yeah, I mean, I was there for all three days. It should be said that I did the sort of, you know, fancy town reporter go to the B&B every night rather than sort of camping out with and the And what plebs. a B&B it is. Yeah. <laughs> what a B&B. Spiders and ghosts. Oh, I love it. Although um, It's called spiders and ghosts. It should be. <laughs> yeah. It should be. They have giant spiders and we found a ghost there one year. And I, th- the, I, think I, I think I know where you were staying, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the laneway up there is straight from a horror movie. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Like, you expect to walk by a mantelpiece and see a photograph of you from the 1920s <laughs> in it? At one point, someone from a hot press needed to drive back there around midnight and uh, texted everybody to see if anyone would come with them. Wow. It was that scary. But so, Great yes, breakfast, though. Yeah, so we had that. So it wasn't, you know, a, a kind of a full festival experience from that regard. You notice how big... EP is now. Mm, oh, yeah. Like, every year there is a bit of a capacity increase, and some years you kind of go, all right, well, you don't really notice this. It's three or 4,000 extra or whatever. This year, I think it was where between fifty and 55,000. If I remember correctly, two years ago, it was 41,000, and, yeah, you can feel that difference. It's massive. This, this year, and I, I, like, I'm, I'm like yourself, I didn't really feel it over the years. You know, I, could kind of find, I always felt like... I, 2007, 2008, I felt like, yeah, you know, it's getting bigger, it's fine, you know, but this felt like a, a, a small city, you know? It really did. It was, it was, and I got lost and I got tired and walking around all super drunk. You really do. And as well, like, there's just, there's so much shit going on, like, where people are saying to me, like, you know, do you catch so and so on, like, the trailer park stage? Yeah. And it's like, and listen, I've been walking around this campsite for two and a half days and I haven't seen the trailer park. Yeah. The great thing about that is, though, like, uh, Things that started out a couple of years ago, say Salty Dog and like Trailer Park and stuff like that, they've they, they've expanded along with the festival. So, so like uh, Salty Dog is now kind of like a huge big event stage. It's great. Like the stage looks great. They it's, they got this huge space to themselves. It's just off the main arena, so kind of every, all traffic goes through there. So that's kind of that is the upside of having you know. The, the, 50, the 50 odd thousand yeah, or whatever it is yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other thing that I found of the kind of growing like you mentioned it's like a small city I think yeah it has finally reached the point though where basically you can have different ages and different groups and demographics and all that can very much coexist harmoniously they're not actually shoved in together anymore where there's you know a limited amount of stages or a limited amount of space, it feels now as though you know there can be two completely different festivals at one stage. Kind of, yeah. I mean, if, if we're, we're trying to find like some of the acts that we'd like um, and whatnot, and then there's you know 
young girls who are running into the tent to see bedwetting, bedwetting indie bands. Not not I'm not talking about that, but you know what I mean, like bedwetters with acoustic guitars. That that that's there for them too. It's so varied. Whereas it was kind of our baby when it started off. Like it was kind of for us. You know, we had the kind of festival that would put on Bjork and LCD Sound System on the main stage on a Friday night. You know, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it felt like it belonged to us. But that, I don't I don't mind it. Like you know, it's and there's uh, other festivals doing that now. I mean, it's such yeah. a jam packed kind of schedule. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Cullum, you know, it's no secret, at least amongst us, that you didn't have the best of weeks going down. So you weren't in the best of humour. You were kind of like, fuck, am I going to be slogging this out? Obviously not having me and Craig there by your side. Yeah, I mean, that's devastate anyone. That's a cross for anyone to bear. <laughs> Especially got worse when you went down and had your whiskey confiscated immediately by the guards. This was not, guards. Was but it, I thought it was the guards. I thought you were taken into a cell. Well, okay, set the scene. Tell it. Because it didn't start off great. No, it didn't. Um, but... You know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and all. Uh, obviously, my main role for the weekend was kind of interviewing and reporting and all that sort of lark. Uh, very glad to report that all my interviewees were, were fantastic. Well, let's find <coughs> out right now. How was Cullum? Cullum was great. All right. Yeah, very much so. I was hoping for uh, some. And I believe you were there when, when, when I requested that the interview was about three or four weeks ago. I, I was. insisted that yeah, interview you interviewed. Yes. You said, I'm not doing that interview unless Colm Regan does it. Yep. That's an actual yep. quote. That's an actual quote. I was chuffed. So, yeah, it, it took... Uh, some total of about 12 minutes for me to get my first uh, patented Craig Fitzpatrick. How do you know that? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I taught you well. Always means your research <laughs> 20 pages well. of notes, yeah. Acts are often surprised uh, that you've done your research, I find, in interviews. It's very, very weird. It's happened to all three of us at this table, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, we have Google. You know, like, I mean, it's not like, you know, like we're doing, we're, we're crazy it, bloodhound you, you get like so, um, where you, 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 more often than not, you get so, so where did you, you guys start? Or like, you know, yeah. you, you oh, do laziness. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. T- I'm talking more about phoners and stuff and, you know, yeah. regional stuff. Like, but uh, yeah, you got like, I've, Dave, you've interviewed me. Craig, Several you've interviewed times, me. Yes. you have. And it's always been well researched. So, you know, oh. present company, uh, well, not, not accept, or accept, accepted. Yeah. At one stage, where did the band name come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of, you know, one time I said, I, I always wanted a band name with an X in it. And that, I was just completely trolling. <laughs> I was just really trolling them like they're like oh wow great yeah it does look good doesn't it I'm like fuck off it does look good in fairness I stand by that question anyway <laughs> so fucking old man hey, was, was it just me or was it what's the area that where hot press tent is, is the mind yeah field. that felt even more intense this year it was just like it was, it was right beside the main stage was it there last year beside, right beside the main stage yeah it was but okay. there wasn't nearly as much bleed yeah it, it, was inten- it was intense there like but you know there was a lot been going some on. intense years there as well in the minefields yeah. there is oh a, fuck I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget so much that I'll never forget like John Banville being interviewed by Miriam McCallaghan at like 3 in the afternoon and it was such a fucking you know like posh ridiculous prim and proper thing and they're swishing glasses He was of wine. talking about himself in the third person. Oh, yeah, was, no, no, she goes to him she's like, John, I mean, like, tell me, how do you write your characters? And John <laughs> Manville, like, takes forever and, like, swishes his glass and goes, well, Miriam, the truth is, I don't write my characters. My characters write me. And I was like, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> I think it was on the Irish Times, Patrick Frayne said that, um, some young fella had described Minefield to him this weekend as a like a zoo for old people. It is. And it's like, I think Craig... And I was, and I was proud to be in that zoo at one point, so, you know, <laughs> that's fine by me. I remember, Craig, you saw, like, President Michael D. Higgins give a harrowing speech. Oh, he was talking about, yeah, visiting kind of, you know, war torn poverty-stricken countries and just seeing the horror of, you know, families devastated and 
the bleed from the next stage was just intense. So you just had fucking Axl Rose going, Welcome to the jungle! Shut up! <laughs> like fucking piped music. Just destroying it. And then some like weird dance music. Which just yeah. like, Shaba! Air horns going Air off. Yeah, it's, it's a very... Yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, like it feels like maybe they're trying to do a bit too much. But then again, obviously fucking selling out to beat the band. And I've heard mostly uniformly good reports. So let's get into the acts and the music. Uh, who was good, who was great, and who was not so great? Uh, not so great to start um, was, in fact, the finish. Uh, New Order and Lan Del Rey were the final two acts on the main stage. And, well, New Order just sounded like they were going through the motions to a certain extent. Yeah, and I feel like they've been like that for about two decades. So. Well, you know what? I caught them at a picnic, I'm going to say about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, somewhere around that. And yeah, they were significantly better than they were here. They seem to have definitely got to that point where playing the old hits is now just a chore and mm. it's annoying them. And then that was followed by Lana Del Rey, who, to be fair, did have to battle the elements. Uh, it, at that stage, was lashing down. And frankly, if it had been LCD Sound System at, as headlined the night before, people probably would have gone, sure, fuck it, we'll get wet, but we'll have a dance. Whereas with Lana Del Rey, it was kind of, fuck it, we're getting wet. And there's really not a lot of reward for it because she's something of a cult act, I think. And there was an awful lot of casual fans who were just really, really being left behind. It's not the kind of music to see you through a kind of rainstorm, really. You're just like, oh, God, Sunday night, this is over. Let's just get the fuck out of her. Yeah. Is that as bad as it got? Or was there anything particularly objectionable? No, there wasn't anything particularly objectionable. See, this is how you know I wasn't there. Dave, I always looking for dirt. I would have found something objectionable for sure. No, th- there wasn't anything wildly bad. I mean, it sounds like someone like Noel Gallagher kind of went through his motions, but that went down very well. As it would. As opposed to New Order. So who's, new, who, who's in your top three highlights then? LCD Sound System has to be up there. Um, it had been a long time, obviously, since they had been at Picnic. It had been a long time since I had seen them at Picnic, uh, which I did back when they played, like, the middle of the afternoon in 2005. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can, I can just, I can remember. It was our old friend Toby Carr and I just stumbling around and literally just stumbling into Daft Punk was playing at my house four o'clock in the afternoon wow. or something on the main stage. Um, bit different this time, thankfully. And, yeah, they were excellent. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's been honed as a festival act by now. Um, at one stage, James Murphy even kind of joked about, you know, how many minutes were left in their set. Yeah, he did. By what song he was at at that point, because, you know, they have it down. But that's not in any negative sense, because it is a spectacle at, you know, 1 a.m. on a festival Saturday there with all your mates it was mm. it was big it was purpose built for that for that sort of Nick moment. there was a little bit of a kind of pre-festival jitters and as much as you were like we can't be on at the same time I have to get out of the way then like like a, like an 18 wheeler I really <laughs> did insist that we went on early uh, uh, with our two gigs we went on but way before them and way after them and it worked out pretty well uh, and I, I walked the site because I was, I, I was a little late to get into LCD so I walked the site and I was quite amazed to see just how many people weren't there at LCD like every other tent was having a great time they were like you know I th- I, like I thought I was just so kind of stuck in my own generation thinking that this this would be our, our moment like you know I just all my friends live in 2016 um, but I was surprised that there was the, the, site, the site was quite thinned out saying that the sound for LCD was spectacular they were spectacular I managed to squeeze my way up to the front it was uh, I didn't see that much because I was working mostly on them um, on Saturday but they didn't disappoint at all. It was really just gorgeous, gorgeous. Even 
thir- I think it was third from the end. They played New York, I Love You, and mm-hmm. it was like I was like, oh lads, really? Third from the end, really? You know, hope us up into a frenzy. And by the end, I was like, don't ever end. <laughs> you know, they had to, they stopped for ages and they did the down, 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 down. And it was um, it was beautiful. It was great. We will come back to your own personal uh, vantage point from the stage in a moment. But Colin, rounding out your highlights, uh, I thought Kano was fantastic. Um, he had a live brass section and it elevated his thing just off the charts. Um, Aurora was really good. I'm not just saying that because she's Norwegian. Um, You're repping your, your football she was team. fantastic. Yeah, I rep my football team big in Norway. You got again. a couple of retweets from them? Naturally. And uh, what else stood out? That day was mainly the one where I really caught things. Wild Beasts were very good. Unfortunately, I missed the start of their set. Glass Animals were fantastic. I caught all of that, and they were great. That new album is superb. And you had a bit of an emotional moment on the Friday evening as well with your old friend Toby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Broken Social Scene. They they were another band that we saw, you know, about a decade ago or something. And uh, yeah, I was standing outside the tent waiting to go in and bumped into Toby, who, with whom I'd seen them a decade ago. And uh, they were good, yeah. But I think, it, to be honest, I'm completely biased on that one. Fair enough. I just, uh, yeah, I just got all soppy. So the Galaxy were in the Other Voices uh, mm. church and being broadcast live to the nation. I had no idea that was even happening. <laughs> I didn't at all. I, thought, I knew that we'd probably be on the show when the season started and the kind of, as, as they do with the broadcast and stuff, but I didn't realise in any respect that it was, and, and there, I was trying to get off the stage during, between song one or two and I was like, those two fucking cameramen are in my way. Why did they keep, why can't they just step back up like a little bit and uh, it was because we were on telly. The, the, the texts were coming thick and fast from my mom and when I went, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, no, it was great because um, it's just, is our sixth year in a row, and every year we've tr- we, we've got we've tried something different. We did Body and Soul, we did our Laser Disco Nights, we did uh, last year we did the you know the Electric Arena, or whatever. But this year, kind of weren't going to go down, and we were just talking to Aoife from Other Voices, and we're like, we, you know, we had such a great time doing Latitude the year before in the Other Voices church, church or tent, church, and uh, and. We just said yes, absolutely. I think we'll do that. Put 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 us on Saturday night. We'll go in and we'll just have amazing time. And the fun the fun part was there's windows along the side of the church, and only three hundred odd people could get in. But you could see that it was just everyone outside was just standing around dancing, having a good time, which is kind of like really nice. And how was uh, the second set? Your DJ set? Yeah, well, if you if you can find any footage or or, or any <laughs> any memories for me of it, wasn't I'm televised. Really, <laughs> no, if if you if you, if, if you, uh, yeah, if you can remember it, you weren't there as the, as my dad would say. Nice. <laughs> That's what you want. So, Craig, you didn't really bother with TV coverage at all, did you? Or, or no, did? no, I stayed away because I knew if I started watching stuff, I just feel like oh god, I should be there. So well, I, just... I got you, baby. I'm right here. Okay, uh, thanks, man. There was a Bring four a four hour block of coverage on the Saturday evening. I didn't watch on Saturday because I was actually out in Dundalk of all places, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out in. Dundalk. Shouts to Dundalk. Yeah, uh, got recognised from Twitter. By the way, it's always weird. It happens all the time. No, um, so <laughs> I did, however, skim on the RTE player these four hours, uh, and I actually intended to put it on the background and kind of have it on while I played a game or something. And this is the bit where you slug off RTE. Is it more than talk about music? I'm guessing. Well, I just want to say that, like, on a four-hour <laughs> block, and I'll say this in advance from what I've heard. And I don't know how true this is or how false this is, but a lot of people are saying this. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, difficulty getting acts, and or at least having permission to show acts. So, okay. f- if that's the case, fair enough. Nonetheless, I still feel like what we got was what I would expect to get, in that it was very safe and very vanilla and very straightforward. Thanks, Dave. Uh, apart from <laughs> <laughs> apart from seven minutes, <laughs> about three hours in, when the galaxy took to the stage. 
But basically, the first half an hour like consisted of Owen McDermott and Jenny Green in the studio, like just kind of fawning over Gavin James, who was uh, there with them. Uh, a description of the 1975 as the most talked about band of the weekend. You would have assumed they were referring to LCD Sound System, but the 1975 is what they went for there. They're popular. Uh, an Ortiz version of Gemma Kearney from Glastonbury, like basically milling around the festival in wacky shabs and Orbans fashion. And you're just like, right, whatever. Cool next year. Who, who was that? <laughs> I don't know her name, Soraya or something. I don't know. She, she the whole thing was it was like, hey guys, this is my first festival, and oh. and, and we're, we're going to meet the vendors and like talk to some right. oxygen bar. Oh, yeah, I have no, no, nothing. No, no program called Meet the Vendors, whatever, whatever, whatever <laughs> appealed to me in any way. Wow, we missed Meet the Vendors. Hey, the guy running the auction bar seemed like a fucking creep as well. But uh, running, running what? The oxygen bar. Where oh it's like, no way! Know, yeah, yeah. Really, the guy running the oxygen. Some bar? shirtless guy with shades on, being like, get it into you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he says something like, you know, he's, he's like, that's what you want. And I was like, this guy oh is gross. God. This is fucking gross. Bit of O2. And then she's like, I got my oxygen. I'm having a great time, guys. Back to the studio. And I was like, yeah, it's your typical fucking standard link business. Uh, there was like They threw to like Blonde and Tracy and Al Porter as they shouted into the camera. The first act that we got to see, the first musical act on this four-hour block, was a Gavin James in-studio performance. Okay. The first on-site act that we got to see from the actual festival, Ryan Sheridan. And that was half an hour in. Like, it was just so... Manhunt's finest. You got like all twins backstage talking about their unnecessarily cumbersome name. You've got Hermitage Green, who are Ireland's favourites, apparently. I mean, you know, once more this country just lets me down. And then you have like <laughs> that's the name of the pod. Maddie Healy from 1975, looking like Eminem, did an interview. Uh, we had two or three Bell X One songs because one is not enough. I mean, it was like uh, <laughs> fucking Roos and Gano family popped up after an hour and a half, so we finally got something good. Okay, yeah, but we had to good. immediately pay for that though. Uh, in the form of are you watching all of this or are you just zooming through uh, I have it written down no no but uh, like oh, oh sorry you said you were on the RT player were you, were you just like oh skipping you punishing through yourself? yeah okay, skipping yeah, no, yeah believe me I was like skip 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 I watched the recent Gano family performance because they're really good and they were great um, yeah so we got like an acoustic turn from picture this in the studio uh, we got uh, some Al Porter in the studio talking about nothing we got a uh, Noel Gallagher I wrote down here this is wretched uh, at this point I literally just jumped ahead about half an hour I was like I'm not, I was kind of going like you know enough minutes to know that I wasn't missing the act that was on sure. so I was like potluck I'm going to jump ahead half an hour and we got Naz so that was really good oh okay, okay. nice yeah two tracks by Naz who looked great and like everyone said he was fantastic yeah I did, seemed, hear, did hear that yeah, seemed really really, really up for it and like yeah. he kind of had he, I think he was on the Friday and he was on like a, you know like early enough and you kind of wonder how those slots will work out and will the act even be arsed and he seemed to be really yeah. fucking up for it so I've actually never seen him live I would love to um, but I really enjoyed Owen giving us a Wikipedia pot of history about him he's clearly a diehard fan <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucked. Dave, you know what? You'd almost come to the conclusion <laughs> that maybe you had to be there. <laughs> or that I'm never getting a job in RTE. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe both, but uh, we might have to revisit your hey, festival. Maybe next year I'll be there, roving reporter. Yeah. And I'll be at the yes. auction bar getting shot up. friend, Dave Hi guys. Hey, guys, how's it going? Give you, me might, some... you may, if you're lucky, you get to meet the vendors. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some vanilla oxygen, please. <laughs> well, that's Electric Picnic done for another year. And because of the festival, we didn't have a ton of time to spend with an album this week. But we had to make room for one that a lot of people are talking about. It's Angel Olsen. It's called My Woman. And it sounds like this.
Yeah, that's Sister from Angel Olsen's new album, My Woman. It has been the subject of incredible praise in the past week. Craig, does it live up to it? I mean, she kind of came to a lot of people's attention. You know, she had folk beginnings and she was moving away from that. She was doing solo stuff. And her second record two years ago, um, Burn Your Fire for No Witness, which was just an exceptional record, I thought. Um, very stripped back, kind of very. I mean, there was comparisons to almost Kurt Cobain sketches, like and you know stuff like sappy, just very kind of rudimental chords, kind of chords, and just kind of these melodies that were so enchanting and very poppy, but also very raw. I thought that was a great record. This is very much in a similar vein. Um, maybe not the high points of that last record but it's it's very strong stuff and yeah it deserves the praise it's getting i mean i don't think it's any kind of great leap forward for her. but there's bits there that she's she's clearly kind of you know she's now started writing songs on piano which is apparently a big step for her mm-hmm. um and i think it holds together really well as a piece she's just a fascinating artist i think um and yeah i definitely give it two thumbs up yeah, I mean, it's as Craig says there, it holds together very, very well. It's very, very contained in that regard. I mean, it's 10 tracks, which, you know, automatically is like fucking five stars for me. But uh, yeah, no, I, I <laughs> no, it, it's a good start. We'll say that much. I really like this. I think this is very, very strong. Um, I think it's very, very solid. I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking, as Craig says. I mean, mm. it's interesting because, you know, she's kind of added a bit, a bit more strings to her bow and is trying to move away from that folk thing and apparently, like, you know, doesn't, doesn't want photographs of her taking in front of greenery these days. So it's kind of an active move away from that while also kind of retaining her own style. I mean, the one thing I would say maybe as a criticism is, and anyone I've even recommended this to, a lot of people have come back to me and they've said stuff like, I can't put my finger on who she sounds like. Because it's almost like, yeah, I mean, like, but then it, then again, you're kind of like, well, is that the problem that women singers, female singers get a yeah, lot? Yeah, I think, I think so. it is. Yeah. a lot of those comparisons. I think a lot, I mean, I, I I've heard a lot of Sharon Van Etten kind of stuff, and it's just like, that's, really, that, they're that's just... Not a, that's not a criticism, really, either, is it? Well, it's I mean, of, more, kind of, more in an unfortunate kind of reductive association perhaps mm. I guess if someone's always like trying to pick oh that reminds me of this as opposed to listening they're, to they're what's not, they're, not, they're not legit because they sound like you know yeah or even kind of being like oh I you know like, like running off on that kind of tangent as opposed to dealing with what's kind of in front of you and I think with this record what's in front of you is very very impressive very very strong work very very strong songwriting and yeah. sells it with really really good conviction I think she has a very arresting voice even if sure you could say it does sound like other voices you've heard before in music but very hard not to do that these days for anyone. I've got to say that I agree with you on the fact that she does have an arresting voice. I have I'm not all that impressed with her lyricism. If I'm honest, this album didn't blow me away. Now, it's by no means a bad album. I feel, you know, not dissimilar to you last week. Uh, I was probably expecting a little bit more, much. And uh, certainly I was expecting more than I actually got. I found a lot of the songs, it was funny you were saying, you know, it's 10 tracks and that is relatively short, so two thumbs up from you straight away. <laughs> I, I felt as though a lot of it was actually slightly un, undeveloped. Really? Even like, I mean, yeah, I, a lot I, of it felt like sketches to me. I, I felt like... But that's the, her I whole, felt, that's I felt, the whole thing she's going for, yeah, really. But it, you see, the problem with that is that when you get to the second half of the album, you've got a lengthy song like uh, Woman. Oh, yeah. Itself, yeah, yeah. Or even the closer, um, Pops. Where I mean, I, yeah, I Sister's over seven minutes long. I think that's yeah. at that point. It's well, kind you know, of, yeah. I think Sister was actually a great song, but maybe it was even because it was seven minutes long because I was actually finally getting into it and getting properly invested. And it does go somewhere. It builds really well. Precisely. Whereas the rest of it, I don't know, I found myself comparing it to, you know, those photos that you get in the middle of a celebrity's autobiography. And, you know, they're perfectly fine as snapshots, but really, unless you have the context surrounding it, it doesn't mean an awful lot. 
that's how I felt about this record, that maybe if you are a big Angel Olsen fan and you were willing her to leave those folk trappings behind and stuff, then this record is a massive step. But looking at it from a purely objective point of view, it didn't feel like a landmark record for me. It definitely didn't feel like a 9 and a 10, as I've been reading in so many different yeah. places. No, it's, it's certainly not a landmark, but I think it is that thing where the ingredients don't seem like much and it seems like, okay, this has been done a huge amount, but... There's something about her that I just think she overcomes that and there's a kind of strength to her writing. Um, and again, I say maybe some of the melodies on this aren't as strong as the previous record. There's not those standout songs that really grab you. But the quality's certainly very high. Um, and no, I just, I, I think she's got something. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, can see the, I can see the sketches thing, Mick. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, like, I, I'm, I am coming into this without any knowledge of the history of, this, of her as an artist or any kind of development that she that that or as if this is the next phase of her career but um it's uh it's i don't know i i want to be diplomatic here but it's like i feel a bit like mugatu in uh, zoolander uh with the whole I feel like i'm taking crazy pills here i found it very meandering i didn't like the production um I can't tell you. I listened to the whole thing twice today, and I cannot name. I can't tell you right now what if it's in my head. It's not in my head. I don't know. Maybe I like. I need to absorb it more. God knows, it's happened to me with a lot of records over the years. But um, you know, it wasn't for me. Hmm. I mean, I will say it's it's, it's demanding. Yeah. Uh, it's a grower as well. I think it is a grower. Actually, like "Shut Up, Kiss Me," which was the single which was released a few months ago, got, gets a lot of praise. And I kind of feel like that's. I mean, like I liked that song at the time. I think it's you know, but like I feel like it's nowhere near as good as people have said it was. Uh, I think the, actually, strange enough, the longer tracks on this one, like "Sister" and "Woman," did do it for me. And even the closer, which Craig mentions, "Pops," which definitely sounds like a sketch. Definitely sounds like kind of like a weird, like kind of dark lullaby or something. There's a perfume like genius kind of thing. Yeah, there's something where the, just, the yeah, opening insistence. track kind of has me from from that point. Overall, not exactly the most you know summertime listen or anything, but. Uh, I'm very it's impressed. Autumn, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let it go. Like, when I was listening to it. It was kind of like, it was like oh, it's going to start raining now. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel right though. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, here we are now, finally. Yeah. I mean, I I hope that with repeated listens, I actually do find what ev- a lot of people are saying that they got from the record. Uh, for me, right now, I don't know. I think just the reliance on that sort of juxtaposition of you know upbeat songs with you know somewhat more serious and downbeat message at times. Um. Yeah, people, I don't know, maybe you've just been a little enamoured by that. I found it, yeah, lacking in, in, in the sort of depth that I was expecting. And, yeah, so six for me. A six for you. Craig? Uh, 7.5. 7.5 for me. Mick? Six. Six. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I didn't dislike it. It was just kind of, it washed over me in kind of an anonymous way. But at the same time, I, I do love records that I find over, over repeated listens. Well, it definitely is, uh, as Craig says, as a grower. I don't think it's the most immediate album that there is out there at the moment. And like, obviously in the kind of, with so much music out there, you kind of do have to get people's attentions fairly on. But, you know, uh, go, give it another go, Colin. Buy a fire in the winter, perhaps. That, that might do it for you. Buy a fire. Uh, anyway, thanks to everyone for coming in, particularly Mick. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, lads. Uh, one more time, we remind ourselves, October the 30th in the Olympia Theatre. Uh, fancy dress encouraged? Like uh, I, mean, I would say actively discouraged. Actively oh. discouraged. No, not that. no, no, it's going to happen. Nothing I can say or do will ever stop it. So yeah, that's uh, let, 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 So you want to see some baseball fury? I'm, I'm going to dress up, but I do for most gigs anyway, so we're fine. Okay, okay. so every day is Halloween. The Warriors you. would actually be a pretty awesome theme for my uh, Halloween party. If you guys all dress up like the Warriors, 
leather waistcoat leather waistcoat we just end up looking like all like four Larry Mullins <laughs> <laughs> I don't know there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> <one doesn't laughs> okay so uh, to close it out this week for Exit Music uh, kind of literal Exit Music a band that have just released their album but they're actually calling it a day already uh, Starters pop punk band from Dublin the album is called A Picture Fading uh, you should check it out now if you're into that kind of you know I've talked before about my love for, for kind of those early 2000s pop punk Americana stuff and this is yes. right up my alley if perhaps no one else at this table uh, they play their farewell I'm gig <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. They play their farewell, uh, their farewell gig in Fibbers on Friday, September the 16th with a host of other bands. It's free in, so go and give them a good send-off. This is Starters, and this is Borrowed. My name is Dave Hannity. This has been No Encore. There will be no encore, and there will be no encore for Starters. See you, guys. <laughs> This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. <sighs> I'm really tired. I'm in a little bit of pain. This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid and free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.